the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. She's not just a superstar. Nope, she's a super-duper star. That would be Christy Noem, governor of South Dakota. She has people who hate snow and uh, couldn't find South Dakota on a map six months ago saying they'd like to move there. Just listen to this and compare it to the idiot we have here in Pennsylvania. Now, right now, Ian's going to hand out an article to all of you that spells out the direct impact uh, to individual South Dakota's families, to businesses and workers as a result of President Biden's decision to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. The article talks about Lori Cox, who runs a hotel in Midland. She's not sure how she's going to make ends meet, and most of her clientele were pipeline workers. She says that she and the workers became like family in recent months. The article also references Trudy Flesner, who runs a truck stop in Milesville. Trudy expanded her operation in anticipation of extra business to provide lodging and services to those who are working on the pipeline. And now that expanded investment appears to be wasted. It's an excellent piece of reporting because it goes beyond the data and the statistics to tell the personal stories behind this executive action. I want to have a candid conversation with all of you. You know, this article was written by an organization and an entity out of Washington, D.C. Why is that? Why is it that no South Dakota reporters covered the real-life impacts of the loss of the pipeline? If I had taken an action that had ended hundreds or thousands of jobs in South Dakota with the stroke of the pen, I know for a fact that all of you would have covered it. I know that if former President Trump had taken an action that had ended hundreds or thousands of jobs for South Dakota families, you would have covered that. And that's how it should be. But frankly, I would expect all of you to treat this new administration exactly the same way. Let's make sure we hold them to the same standard. You call balls and strikes. You don't pick a side. Now, I believe in a fair press, a free press. I don't expect you to take my side on every issue, and I know that that's not your job. But by the same token, you shouldn't take the other side. In my years of public service, and especially this past year, I've realized that the media most often shows their bias by what they choose not to cover. And in this instance, the lack of coverage from South Dakota reporters and media speaks volumes. So, she's kept uh, South Dakota open during the COVID hysteria. Uh, And when we come back, we're going to have a story, speaking of open, of a guy in Canada who was put in a detention center to quarantine for three days, even though he had just tested negative. Stick around for that. The Synergy Group hopes this message finds you safe and healthy. Roy Locks and his team understand the concerns you have about your well-being. Those concerns may include your investments based on recent volatility in the markets. Roy believes the stock market will recover eventually, but he also understands the importance in taking steps to limit losses and finding upside. Now is the time to consider structured investments that can help you recover losses caused by COVID-19 and the recent market fallout. Call Roy today at 412-673-7760. He can help you focus on future upside in your retirement accounts. He is confident in strategies tailored for you. Roy Locks and the Synergy Group are eager to help in this turbulent period of uncertainty. 412-673-7760. That's 412-673-7760. Please be well and stay safe. Securities offered through GW Cole Financial, member FEDRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through GW Cole Advisors. GW Cole Financial and GW Cole Advisors are not affiliated with the Synergy Group Incorporated. 2021 is already off to a disturbing start for conservatives. We've seen Twitter unilaterally shut down President Trump's account. The conservative platform Parler was booted off the Apple Store by Apple, and Big Tech is muzzling free speech at a speed that nobody could have predicted. Nobody except biologist and evolutionary theorists 
theorist Brett Weinstein, who appeared in the film No Safe Spaces to issue this warning about political correctness running amok. YouTube and Google, Facebook and Twitter dictate whose voices can be heard. And if those entities start trying to engineer the conversation to adhere to the rules laid out with these phony Trojan horse terms, disaster will be the result. You and your family need to see No Safe Spaces now before any more of our freedoms are muzzled. Just go to SalemNow.com to get your copy of No Safe Spaces. That's SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. SalemNow.com. Promo code Pittsburgh. When was the last time you watched your home movies? If you're like most, there's a box in your closet of videotapes, film reels, and photos that don't get watched. Worse, they're degrading. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. Ten years ago, we started Legacy Box to help families convert their aging media to digital. Here's how it works. Fill Legacy Box with your camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos. We professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drives, or the cloud, ready to watch and share. Legacy Box is the world's largest, most trusted home movie and photo digitizer. Over 450,000 families have used Legacy Box, and we've been featured on Good Morning America, Rachel Ray, and The Today Show. Dust off those recorded moments and preserve your family's history so it can be easily passed down for generations. Experience peace of mind and enjoy reliving the glory days. Order your Legacy Box today. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for a limited time to get 40% off your order. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Are you concerned about memory loss for yourself or a loved one? Susan Gibson's mother had dementia. Susan prayed God would show her the solution to memory loss. And after many divine encounters combining faith and her background as a pharmacist, Susan founded Vivalor and created Glory Day Brain Booster. Glory Day is a premium quality, all-natural supplement with 5 to 20 times more nutrients than any other memory supplement. It won the award for Most Innovative Healthcare Regimen in 2020. Visit Vivalor.com for testimonials about the life-changing improvements people have experienced. Glory Day is for those with normal memory, mild, or severe memory loss. Don't wait until your memory slips. The pathology that leads to memory loss starts 20 years before your first memory loss symptom. Vivalor is V-I-V-O-L-O-R at Vivalor.com. Enter promo code 20 for 20% off. The makers pray that God's glory rests on every pill. Vivalor.com, V-I-V-O-L-O-R.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So how would you like to get off a flight, put into a van, and take into a detention center? No arrest, no trial, no charges, really. That's what happened to a guy named Steve Duessing, Duessing uh, and it didn't, uh, he didn't land in China or North Korea. It was Pearson International Airport in Toronto. And Joe Warmington is a reporter for the Toronto Sun. He covered that story. He joins us now. Joe, thanks for being here. Well, it's good to be with you. And, uh, so, uh, you know, go ahead. Oh, I just think that that introduction was just perfect because that's exactly right. I mean, that's why I wrote this column because... We're still in a supposed to be in a free society where people have rights. Yeah, now you have your bill of rights. We have our what we call in Canada our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I know Sidney Crosby is listening. He knows. Hmm. So you know, sure what, what, what's going on here? You know, like yeah, I mean, so, the, the, the guy wasn't sick. Yeah, he had yeah, what tr- what from, crime did he commit? You know, I, we didn't get to that. I didn't even say what he did. What did he? What what crime did he commit? Well, it's not just him, but there was eight people or nine people on his flight, including him. What happened here in Canada is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has, you know, he's been trying to figure out, as all the leaders are, with COVID-19. And they decided that what they're going to do is if you come into the country now, you fly in from anywhere international, you're going straight into a, what we call originally a COVID camp, but they say that's not politically correct, although it's okay to lock people up. And it's a hotel. You go in there. They lock you in there. You can't go out for three days minimum and 14 if you uh, are proven to be positive. You have to have a test from somewhere else first. And this guy, Mike, uh, his name is um, Steve. Steve, yeah. yeah. He has a girlfriend in South Carolina. He actually flew out of Charlotte, North Carolina, after a month. And he didn't break any rules. He went out before the, the, the heavy-duty lockdown that the province of Ontario brought in on Boxing Day, which we call Boxing Day, the 26th of December. And then he came back, and 
the rules, the goalposts have kind of changed on him. And so they locked him up because he didn't have this uh, proper test. He went and got a test in Carolina, the Carolinas, paid $130 for it, but they didn't accept it here. So they gave him a new test and said, we don't feel you're safe. And against his will, they put him in this room and they basically gave him like rotten looking sandwiches and bottles of water. And yes, it's a hotel room, but it's not as much fun when you can't leave and go down to the pool. Right. Could he have gone to jail? He said, he claims that, he said, if I don't want to go there, they said, well, that's fine, you go to jail. You know, a lot of people have told me that he would have been better to say, then take me to jail, because he would have got some rights there. Uh, this uh-huh. is really serious stuff, uh, because, you know, and, and, you know, the problem with COVID, as you know, I mean, there's no middle ground on it. There's lots of people that love the lockdowns and want it, masks and they want all this stuff. And, and then there's the people that are saying, well, wait a minute, like we have rights. Uh, we don't have COVID. Uh, yes, we have to be careful. Uh, and so there's all that debate all the time and there's no middle ground. And this guy got caught in that. He's not political at all. He's just a regular dude that got caught in this thing. But I'll tell you, I've had many emails today from Canadians that are down in Florida and in other parts of the United States that, and in Mexico, places like that, that are really worried about this because they can't go into detention for, for three nights or even as much as 14 nights. They've got, you know, different things, that, you know, kids and grandkids and things like that. So I think we're in a, a time that's really turned the corner here. You know, you talk a lot about, uh, you know, you don't want to be over uh, dramatic about things like communism, but I don't see any difference. I mean, I've covered and been too many communist countries as a reporter for 35 years and there's places where they can take you and put you in a de facto room or cell and you don't have any rights but that's not canada and that's not the united states well it's starting both are starting to look like that now now you now you write that that he was escorted on a shuttle bus to a hotel escorted by whom police like the the, the mounties well, uh, well, the by, the government of canada, by the good yeah the government of canada to call the public health safety agency or some something like that it's the government of canada but the the police were there as well and he didn't have a choice and once you're in there and i was at the hotel i was there several times and talked to him through the window if anybody wants to read any of this stuff torontosun.com we've got videos up there as well mm-hmm. and you know he's he's in there they have security in the front you can't go in you can't go out he looks out his window he sees all kinds of great restaurants I don't know if you have Swiss Chalet and Harvey's. These are Canadian. Canadian yeah, things, yeah, one of my favorites. I, I no, I have a place up in uh, Ontario, and I go there all the time. Where, where's your place? Uh, in uh, Port Colborne. Oh yeah, it's beautiful country there, and uh, yeah. well, that's really, really cool. And you know what? Uh, you know all about it. And so he's looking down at all this stuff, and they're giving us like a, a horrible looking ham sandwich. Look, you know, it, it, it's not a hotel when you, when you're in there against your will and they did let him go but you know what they're doing here in canada now is that uh, and he didn't have to do it but starting today if that happens to you so anybody listening that's thinking about this they could charge you two thousand dollars a day for that you know that stay in there so you're going to bankrupt your family uh and you know maybe you don't have the right enough medicine there's all these kinds of issues i don't know how they're getting away with it I, you know it's, there's going to be a big court challenge to me, it's kidnapping, and oh, yeah. I don't want to hear that, but but I think it is kidnapping. Well, here's the thing, though. We're talking to Joe Warmington of Toronto Sun. You can follow his uh, reports on this at torontosun.com. Um, here's the thing. He's a Canadian. He flew, you said, uh, out of Charlotte, so I'm, I'm guessing he flew into Charlotte. Did he have to go through any of that when he got to Charlotte? I mean, you know, I didn't he... ask. I didn't ask. I didn't ask him that. Um, I should have asked him that, but no, I don't think so. I mean, from for all accounts, he left on, you know, around Christmas Day, and then the, on the 26th of December here, they put in those stricter rules. Where, and, but again, they didn't say you can't travel. Right now, Prime Minister Trudeau has ended all travel to the south, and you know, we had our like our finance minister here in the province of Ontario, Rod Phillips. He got caught over Christmas being in St. Barts. And, you know, he, he was doing, like, he had a fireside chat, uh, you know, Christmas Eve with the egg dog and everything. He was all, all shot ahead of time, and he got caught on that. And, uh, you know, he was a good finance minister and a really good guy. Everyone's shaking their head, like, what were you thinking? But he was thinking same parts, and 
you know, the uh, Mai Tais and the, you know, fun by the pool while the rest of us are freezing here. But this guy here, this, I consider this guy going to see, this is a family thing. This is his fiance who lives and works in uh, South Carolina. And he wanted to see her over Christmas. I think that's pretty normal. I mean, this is the problem with the pandemic is they've taken normal things and they've turned around and made the, you know, criminalized them and made law abiding people into criminals. And yet, you know, you'll notice that, you know, whether it's, uh, the Super Bowl this weekend or, or the hockey or whatever, they're all able to get around all these rules. And yet uh, the average person flying is being treated like they're a terrorist. And I don't like it. And, you know, I'll speak out about it. Uh, nobody here is listening, though. That's what I was going to ask you. But before I get to that, um, oh, what, I mean, is, is, you say nobody's listening. Uh, why, are there, why has there not been a revolt? I mean, that's actually worse there than it is here. That's and we're Pennsylvania's a well, bad you know, state. Well, I look at the U.S. State. Yeah, I look at the U.S. I mean, certainly the last few years, and I don't. I never understand why Americans don't like each other based on who they voted for, or who they like, or you yeah. say. Or I don't get that, and and I don't think cannabis is as bad as that because, you know, uh, I, I just I don't think it's got there, but it's getting there, and I think they mentioned the U.S. because. You know, you'll notice that when you come up in the summer that things are becoming more po- polarized like that, where, you know, you can have liberal friends or conservative friends, and it doesn't matter, and maybe there's some subjects you don't bring up, but mostly you like people. And then down there, I think it's not like that, and I think it's heading that way here, too. Yeah, and, and it's, it seems pretty obvious that, that uh, Trudeau and whoever else is uh, helping them up there just doesn't want Americans or anybody coming into Canada, because... Uh, if the word gets no, out that that's what happens to you when you land in Toronto, why would you? Why would anybody fly there from anywhere? Well, you know, our churches aren't open. I've got an eight-year-old son. You know, he doesn't see his friends. It's hard for him to see his, his you know, his, his grandparents. He hasn't had his birthday parties, any of his friends' birthday parties. He's not going to school. He plays hockey. He's not playing hockey. Uh, you know, it goes on and on and on, all the things he can't do. And, you know, I don't understand why, because there's a few places that have the coronavirus in a bad way, long-term uh, care homes. And, you know, we've covered it, and it's horrible. Uh, but it's not in the schools. I mean, there's been occasional cases, but very, very few. I mean, I can't tell you. And I'm a reporter. I'm actually a columnist, but I'm a reporter kind of columnist. Uh-huh. And I can count on one hand the amount of stories that I do on people with the coronavirus. It's all about the people that are oppressed because of it. And so... You know, I'm not saying that it's that there's not coronavirus. Of course there is. But I think that, that it's being used as a way to lock it down. They seem so excited about the lockdowns. All the pubs are closed. All the restaurants are closed. All the malls are closed. You know, you can't get your cancer surgery. You can't go to the dentist. You can't get your hair cut. You know, you can't see your family. I mean, we've had family, you know, over all this whole year. I know it's the same in the U.S., but it's, it's particularly bad here. And they'll, and they'll turn around and they'll arrest you here. I mean, we've had people, and I write about all of this stuff. If anybody wants to follow me, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I post all my stuff. I've got a whole year's worth of this nonsense on the TorontoSun.com website. And it, it is upsetting. It's getting to a point now where, you know, I wonder why there's no opposition to it, like you said. Uh, for example, we have uh, an opposition here. It's a different kind of system, as you know. It's not right. the same system as the U.S., but it's there's a House of Commons, and they have a question period. Nobody questions Prime Minister Trudeau or any of the cabinet ministers about any of this. Everybody goes along with it. It's like they love the lockdown. What do they think is going to happen to the economy here? I mean, well, and we've had a lot of suicides. I mean, it's been really, really something. I live in, in Toronto, and it's a big city. This is like Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. big like that. And, and it's like, you know, people are really, really on edge now. Well, here's the thing. Um, I... I it's it just doesn't it doesn't seem like um, the, the Canadians uh, get upset when there's too much government. Uh, they seem to like it. I, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time there, and I, I don't want to sound like I I know that I really spend enough time there to be an expert on it. But it's always struck me that I just got the feeling that Canadians were more dependent on and more trusting of government than I was or am, and or well, just you know, in general, you know Americans how you are. get. If you've got 20 Canadians in a swimming pool, how do you get them to leave the swimming pool? 
you tell them to leave the swimming pool and then we'll do it. Americans, there'd be 10 people saying, well, it's, you know, I mean, they would be a big fight about it. They're Don Lemon and everybody, you know, all this stuff. And like, so I think that that's starting to rub off. You know, I grew up in Canada and I always admired the U.S. We watch, you know, all the the same TV. It's like that you grew up Hmm. kind of almost like you're American because everything about it, but you're not American. And there was always this sort of defined, there was a difference, particularly in the winter, going to the outdoor skating rink. Now you have to have a reservation. And you get over there with your eight-year-old, and they say, well, hey, listen, uh, I know you booked it, but we're at 20 or 19, so only your son can go out there. And, you know, my son's autistic, so I don't want him to go out there by himself without his dad. Well, sorry, you can't go. Like all these rigid rules, 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 and... And it's to a point where, you know, and you have to laugh it off. I don't, I try not to let it uh, get me upset. I, we cover people who are cool all the time. I'm writing a column right now about uh, the police going to the toboggan hill. And actually, the kids are crying at the hill as they're kicking them off. Because somehow, they're going to catch the coronavirus going down the toboggan hill. I mean, hey. is, this like, is this like a horror movie? We're Stephen King. I, I just don't get it. And yet, you know what, they're normalizing it. And I think to your original point, and it's good that you know both countries, I think that we've caught that American, uh, uh, what's the word for it, the polarizing kind of uh, thing, where it's mm-hmm. us and them, us and them, two, two clubs, liberal, conservative, or, you know, and they, if you have a voice and it's not exactly what everybody's saying, you must be canceled, you must be racist, you must be part of this. And, and I just think that when you start doing that, and, of course, you won't do that if everybody's trying to get out of a, a disaster. Everybody has to work together whether you like them or not. Uh, but but it seems like this is the way they want to do it, and I guess it must be a power base to do it that way. And uh, it is alarming, and it's sad because, you know, you, you shouldn't be like that. We should be all kind of working together. Yeah, we're, I'm talking to Joe Warmington of the Toronto Sun. Uh, Joe, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, Joe underscore Warmington. Okay, and uh, Joe Warmington, I think, is on on uh, Facebook. I'm not a great Facebooker, but uh, I do go on there and put my columns on there. I don't do Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. and if anybody wants to email me, it's Joe or Joe Warmington at postmedia dot com. I work for Post Media. It's a big, the biggest company, uh, media company in Canada, and okay. uh, I've been at the Toronto Sun for thirty years. So anybody wants to reach me, uh, I'd love to hear from you. I mean, I love Pittsburgh. I've been there many times. Not many times, but three or four times. And I love it there. And, um, you know, obviously, I, uh, my son is a huge Penguins fan, like huge. Oh, so, good for him. Well, I yeah, have about a minute Malcolm, and a half. Malcolm more than Crosby, though. Well, I, I have about a minute and a half left um, against a hard break here. Real quick, tell us the story of Martha Oppel, if you, if you can do it in a minute. Well, yeah, I was quickly 85 years old, Church of God. Uh, she survived out of the, you know, she was on the Russian uh, border with Poland and later Germany. Got out of there, never got in trouble with the police until this week when she went to church and they gave, gave her an $880 ticket. 85 years old. And, uh, and there she is going to court uh, because she went to church. And the pastor and his wife, and she's elderly too, I was standing right there. They came and gave her a ticket too. The very same, you know, I'm not mad at the police. I mean, I'm mad at the government for allowing, making the police do this. But at that same time in this town of Aylmer, which is near London, Ontario, they had a burned-out, stolen tractor-trailer truck sitting there with no yellow tape around it while they were sitting on the street waiting to serve these elderly people their tickets for going to church. I mean, that's sick. Wow. But Martha uh, was had uh, experienced communism. And there she was getting fined $880 for going to church. That's just... You know what? And the thing is, they vandalize the church, the people that, that don't like the... You know, they're kind of defying... They're, they're kind of a Mennonite Christian church, yeah. and they don't believe in, in, in masks, and, the, you know, they, they'll wear them if they go into the store, but, I mean, at their church, they don't believe in it. And people came and vandalized the church, and, and that, and nobody cares about that. They're not arresting any of those people. They're going and arresting... An 85-year-old woman who will soon be 86, but when she is 86, she'll be, perhaps they'll put her in jail, maybe maybe the electric chair, God knows. <laughs> hey, Joe, I'm out of time. Joe Warmington, I'll be checking you out on Twitter and at, at uh, torontosun.com. Uh, and great stuff. Thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, anytime. It's good to be with you. All the best. Okay, we'll be back.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Asserting a broad reset of American foreign policy, President Joe Biden says he will halt the withdrawal of U.S. troops stationed in Germany in support for Saudi Arabia's military offensive in Yemen and make support for LGBTQ rights a cornerstone of U.S. diplomacy. Aides outlined some of his plans for what Biden is calling a return to the grounding of our global power as the president makes his first trip to the State Department as president. The visit doubles as an opportunity to buck up a diplomatic corps, many of whom were discouraged by the policies of former President Trump. Taking a look at the Wall Street numbers, they continue to trek upward. The Dow up 332 to 31,055. The S&P advanced 42. The Nasdaq up by 167 to 13,777. More details at srnnews.com. Investors seeking steady cash flow, ready to diversify? NRIA has grown to be one of the nation's leading specialists and offers 10% annualized monthly payouts with bonuses targeted at 18% to 21%. That's right. You could receive steady 10% return monthly payments with bonuses. As their slogan says, they specialize in realty investing done right. You can even use your 401k or IRA to invest. NRIA's 15-year track record and $1.2 billion in new construction development backs you. Learn how you can invest in this hard asset real estate cash flow fund today and receive 10% annualized monthly payouts with bonuses. This is something savvy investors should research and consider. Call now, 800-700-5483. That's 800-700-5483. Or visit NRIA.net. An offer to buy or sell any security is only made by our private placement memorandum. Read it first. See us at NRIA.net. Dan Proft wonders what the lockdowns are all about. Stanford epidemiologist John Ioannidis looked at 36 studies, 43 estimates, along with an additional seven preliminary national estimates, and concluded among people less than seven years old across the world, infection fatality rates of 0.05 across the different global locations. 0.05. The Dan Proft Show. Weeknights at 9 at AM 1250. The answer. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. Originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollar savings. Kings are only five dollars more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard Queen Premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. James Brown and Bill Cower welcoming you back to the Midnight Snack Run. This is one turkey obstacle course. Uh-oh. He's eyeballing a jar of candy. That is tempting right off the start. But he pushes it away. He's approaching a plate of iced cookies. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left, grabs the water bottle. That's the way you execute a Midnight Snack Run. Stand up to cancer and rally. Want you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Looking at some really heavy delays now on the outbound Parkway East. Forbes Avenue up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel down to single-digit speeds through some of that. Also heavy inbound into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and making your way from Grand Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge as well. Parkway West still moving along pretty nicely. Now we're looking at a vehicle fire in Pleasant Hills, Old Clarendon Road at Brewston Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Tonight, we'll see periods of snow and rain. However, little or no accumulation is expected. It'll be breezy late tonight with a low of 32. Tomorrow, morning snow flurries. Otherwise, cloudy and windy. The high 35, but temperatures will fall into the upper 20s. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy. A few late night flurries, low 20. Saturday, clouds and sun. Breezy in the afternoon, high 29. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. The big guy has only been in office for two weeks, uh, but he's made his presence felt, maybe more so than uh, any president in history, actually. He's come through on a lot of promises, but he hasn't gotten to gun control yet. That's coming. Uh, John Lott Jr. is the president of the Crime Prevention Center, author of Dumbing Down of the Courts, How Politics Keeps the Smartest Judges Off the Bench, and he's also the author of More Guns, Less Crime, and he joins us now. John, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on. So uh, you say that uh, Donald Trump was right when he said the coming years will decide the survival of our Second Amendment. Uh, why has he been proven right already? How? I guess is a better way. Well, uh, already last week, uh, Biden uh, undid some regulatory changes that Trump had been working on. I don't know if you remember, but during the Obama administration, there was something called Operation Choke Point, where the Obama administration had gone and it, for industries it didn't like, primarily the gun industry, uh, the federal government would put pressure on financial co- companies, banks, and other similar institutions not to do business with gun makers and gun sellers that the government didn't like. Uh, So that basically meant those companies couldn't find somebody to handle their checking account. They couldn't find somebody to give them loans. They couldn't find somebody to handle uh, credit cards that they took from their customers. Essentially, it was a way to try to drive many of the companies out of business and uh, Trump, when he got into office, uh, tried to make it so that the federal government would institute rules that they were not allowed to discriminate against legal companies. You know, it's one thing to go after a company that uh, is engaging in illegal activities, but if the company is following the law and producing a legal product, then the federal government could not discriminate against it in terms of... Uh, uh, harassing financial institutions that would be doing business with them. Um, unfortunately, uh, because of the bureaucracy there, things got slowed down, and the the final publication of uh, of the new rule changes were supposed to be coming out now, but the Biden administration pulled it before the final uh, approval of it. And uh, and so now they're going to be able to go back and reinstitute uh, an operation choke point against uh, gun makers and gun sellers. Yeah, and you That's hear, just you hear, one example. Go yeah, ahead. you hear people say all the time that, ah, you know, I've, I've never noticed a big change in my life from one president to the other. But that sure has changed in the last uh, few presidents, hasn't it? Because, uh, I mean, especially for people. Yeah, like no, I, gun, I think gun, so. I mean, people may. People may not realize the number of companies that have gone out of business. Uh, I mean, I just, and it's just not guns. I mean, you take something like for-profit colleges. The Obama administration pretty much wiped out all the for-profit colleges just about in the country. Uh, so, you know, there are particular industries that they target, and uh, for whatever ideological reasons they don't like, uh, they have made a big difference. I mean, you just take something like the energy stuff that's going on right now where they ban drilling and exploration on all federal lands. Well, that covers, you know, a good part of the country, and for the water, it covers all of it. And so, what you know, if you are in that industry and you're not going to be able to drill or explore for four years, you know, it's not like you're going to be able to start up again when another president comes in uh, because all your employees are going to be long gone. Your business mm-hmm. is going to be closed up. I mean, if you do deep water drilling, that's that's over with. You're not going to mothball uh, the entire company and just be able to start it right up again. This same thing yesterday, they just come out saying that it's not just the Keystone pipeline, but all the pipelines are going to stop uh, people building on. Well, you know, all the companies that specialize in building pipelines, 
you know, they're not going to be doing any business for four or five years or eight years. It's not like they're just going to start up again as soon as you get a new president. They're going to be out of business, and the, all the yeah. skilled labor, everything else will be gone. And 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 um, uh, gas prices are already going up. John, what are some of the things that uh, Biden has promised to do uh, as far as gun control goes that he hasn't gotten to yet? Well, there's a whole range of things. I mean, one thing that he wants to have done in this first hundred days uh, is to pass legislation that would change the liability rules for companies, um, for, for gun makers and gun sellers. I mean, right now, if you produce a defective gun and somebody's harmed from that, the gun maker and gun sellers can get sued. Or if the gun makers and gun sellers violate the law and, let's say, don't do a proper background check on somebody that they're selling the gun to and the gun is used to harm somebody, the gun makers can be sued. But what uh, a Biden wants to do is to make it so that any gun maker or gun seller who sells a gun perfectly legally following all the law and the gun is used in a commission of a crime or used to go and harm somebody then that person or their relatives would be able to sue. So, I mean, just imagine if we were to apply that to car makers. Every year there's about 4.5 million people who are injured in car accidents. You know, if you have, I mean, very few accidents actually involve defective brakes or something um, that the car company did wrong. You have people who are texting while they're driving or they're not mm -hmm. paying attention. Should Ford Motors have to bear the hospital costs, have to bear lost wages, have to bear pain and suffering uh, for somebody who wasn't paying attention when they were driving and got into an accident? Um, you know, what would happen to the cost of cars if you had 4.5 million people suing for things like that? Uh, what would happen? I assume at least a few of the car companies would go out of business. Car sellers yeah. would go out of business as a result. And that's basically the aim for that change but that's only a few things i mean other changes that they want to do uh they want to classify i don't know whether it's all semi-automatic rifles or a lot of semi-automatic rifles but they want to classify a good portion of semi-automatic rifles as what are called class three weapons up until now that has been limited to machine guns but uh if with something as classified as a class three weapon that requires that you have to register and license the gun it requires that you have to go through an additional check which can take right now nine months but if they apply it to all these weapons and not just things like machine guns i assume it's going to take a lot longer to go through the approval process and you have to pay two hundred dollars a year or two hundred dollars initially what they've talked about doing is changing that so it would be two hundred dollars every year that you own those items and it'd be a way for them to kind of create an instant national registration uh, for all law-abiding citizens who would then go and register their guns. Now, um, what, what about uh, the Democrats wanting to disarm, disarm citizens? Is it because they're, the uh, Democrats are dumb and they really think it would make everybody safe? Or is it actually something more nefarious than that? Which do you think? I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit of a combination of both, but what is it mostly, do you think? Well, you know, uh, it's hard to get into people's minds about why they advocate the types of things that they want. You know, the most obvious thing is what they say, and that is they claim that it will make people safer. But, yeah. you know, if you follow their logic, there's really no reason that they ever give for why people should own guns. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I suppose what I would point to in response to them is I'd say, okay, name me one place in the world that's banned either all guns or all handguns and seen murder or homicide rates go down or even stay the same. Just name me one place. I mean, it's not just Washington, D.C. and Chicago, but every single place that's banned either all guns or all handguns has seen increases, often very large increases, in murder rates. You know, you think out of randomness once or twice, at least out of all the places that have tried these things, you'd, you'd see it go down or at least stay the same. But I think there's a pretty simple explanation for why it always goes up, and that is you have to be careful when you pass gun control laws that you're not primarily disarming law-abiding citizens because 
you know, if you disarm law-abiding citizens relative to criminals, you can actually make it easier for criminals to commit crime. You may take some guns away from the criminals, but if you're mainly taking guns away from law-abiding citizens, and that who obeys something like a ban on guns, those are the people who turn in their guns, not the criminals. You know, you, you make it easier and you see an increase in crime. But the, the, I, I get that, and, you know, I, that's been made obvious uh, for, for a long time. But what, what I don't understand is um, the Democrats, they're not stupid people. I mean, some of them say stupid things and do stupid things, but they're not stupid people. And this has been made pretty clear over, you know, it hasn't been just the last two weeks that we've seen this evidence that you're talking about. Uh, but yet they uh, do they still uh, how can anybody still think that if that criminals are going to pay attention to a law against carrying a gun look I, i'm an I, economist that's just so dumb on right. the face of it right look i'm an economist i see this type of thing in different places you have something like price controls you know any economist would tell you you impose price controls you're going to go and create shortages Lots of people, they see what they view as a problem, prices are going up, and so they say, well, I see the problem, I'll just pass a law to fix it. And in the case of uh, crime, you know, they see a gun used in a crime, and they think to themselves, well, if I merely just pass a law that bans guns, that takes away guns, then those crimes won't occur. What you and I realize, like in the case of price controls, you have these side effects, you have the shortages that occur, but in the case of, uh, of crimes, you make it so things that you normally don't see aren't going to happen, and that's things like people using guns defensively. They see something bad happen. It gets lots of media coverage. I mean, I, I don't know how many people I talk to that just have never heard of a defensive gun use story on the national news, and I don't blame them because it doesn't get coverage. Right. And so if, if you're... You know, the average person out there, and you hear time after time about bad things that happen with guns and never the benefit. Look, on our website at crimeresearch.org, uh, we've collected literally dozens of cases in just the last few years where people have used permanently concealed handguns to stop what otherwise would have been mass public shootings. They don't get news coverage. You know, you have something like um, uh, the... Um, uh, Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, which yeah. 49 people were killed. A week after that, in South Carolina, uh, there was a similar attack that was tried. Three people were shot. A fourth person was being shot at when uh, a concealed carry permit holder there pulled out his gun and seriously wounded the attacker. You're not going to find any national news coverage on that. I mean, you would think, given the sensitivity from the Florida uh, nightclub shooting, that Another attempt there, and the one that failed would get national news coverage, but it wasn't covered, mainly because of the result that was there. But, you know, I think the big difference between Florida and South Carolina is Florida is one of 10 states that ban permanent concealed handguns in places that get more than 10% of the revenue from alcohol. South Carolina was one of the 40 states that allowed people to carry concealed handguns. But, uh, you know, I can give you case after case like that. You have uh, the Parkland school shooting. Few people would know just a few months after that in Florida, not many miles away from that, there was an attack at an elementary school uh, get-together. Um, it was outside in a park. There were hundreds of students there as well as their parents. Uh, a man came up, started firing his gun. Fortunately, a vendor there had his permitted concealed handgun, and was able to seriously wound the attacker. Again, no, just local news coverage on that. Uh, you know, if those permit holders hadn't been there, those cases would have gotten massive international news coverage. But, you know, my guess is that the entire gun control debate would be dramatically different right now if the media just did a couple things. Once in a while, when they cover these mass public shootings that they do give coverage to, mention that they keep occurring in places where guns are banned. Ninety-four <laughs> percent of the mass public shootings that are successful occur in places where guns are banned. You will look in vain. You know, they'll cover everything else. They'll cover how they think the person got the gun, frequently being wrong initially. 
They'll cover what guns were used. Frequently, the initial news stories are wrong about that. Uh, but the one thing that's the, like the easiest thing for the media to check is whether or not guns were banned in the, uh, for civilians in the place there or not, and they refuse to cover that. The second thing that would make a difference is these mass public shootings that aren't successful, that are stopped. You know, if they were to say, you know, uh, concealed and get national news coverage, you'll get some local news coverage when these things happen, but they won't get national news coverage. I, over the last five years, I've only been able to find two of the mass public, what would have been mass public shootings were stopped by the citizens with concealed handgun permits, and the media botched the story in both of those cases. So you have the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh that occurred uh, couple years ago um uh, just uh let's just a few days after that there was an attack at uh, a kroger grocery store in louisville kentucky a man had gone into the grocery store had shooting at blacks uh he had come across one customer and had said to the person whites don't shoot whites and that's what (laughs) the new york times nbc news abc cbs cnn all of them reported this because it was a racist angle there with the murderer saying whites don't shoot whites, supposedly assuring the customer that he had nothing to worry about. Well, they botched the story because the full quote, if you had read the local news in Louisville, was, please don't shoot me, whites don't shoot whites. The customer, who was also white, had a concealed handgun permit and was pointing the gun at the attacker. And rather than the attacker assuring the customer that the customer had nothing to worry about, the murderer was begging the customer with the permit not to shoot the murderer. And and, um, at the time, uh, I was still able to text back and forth with Chuck Todd, and he spent like five minutes on the case on, uh, on Meet the Press, and I texted Chuck, and I said, you know, Chuck, here are several uh, news outlets from Louisville that have the full quote here. You just used the last part of the quote. You may next week want to go and uh, uh, fix it because I think it really changes the story here. And of course, he never fixed it, and he right. stopped texting with me. He blocked me after that. But the, uh, um, you know, so I'm just saying, you asked me why people believe the things that they do, and I think a lot of that has to do with the media coverage. And if the media just behaved what I would regard as reasonable, we'd have a very different debate. I'm out of time, John. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, It's the dumbing down of the courts, how politics keeps the smartest judges off the bench. Also, more guns, less crime. John Lott, Mr. Uh, Anti-Gun Control. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Okay, we'll be right back. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Mounds and mounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, BP and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you want to do what's best for them. To live long, healthy, happy lives. 
D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I would seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So I got a little bit over a minute to go here. I just want to uh, tell you something that, uh, that I read today that I think you uh, might want to read if you're a sports fan, a Steelers fan. Um, it's at the, the, the playerstribune.com. Or you can also see it on my Twitter feed, at Steigerworld. I, I tweeted it. It's uh, the, the piece is entitled, You Know What I Heard About Cordell Stewart, and it's written by Cordell Stewart. And he tells the story of what he had to put up with in 1998 because somebody, probably a cop, uh, started a rumor about him and uh, him being in a car with a guy in Shenley Park. And I think you, if you were around back then and followed the Steelers at all or followed Pittsburgh News at all, you probably heard that story. But he tells how that story started. Um, and he talks about how he dealt with it, and and he also talks about his his football career. But this is a guy who's who's uh, Bill Cowher almost ruined his career in 1998. Uh, then he saved Bill Cowher in 2001, and then Bill Cowher ruined his career in 2002. This guy has every reason to be bitter about the fans in Pittsburgh, including the the people who dropped the N word on him and threw beer on him. Uh, and it's just a great piece, a great story uh, written by Cordell Stewart. Uh, it's called You Know What I Heard About Cordell Stewart. And uh, I always thought the guy was a good guy and got rotten treatment by the media and too many fans here in Pittsburgh. And he proves in this piece what a good guy he actually is. So check it out either at Steiger World or at theplayerstribune.com, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.